the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We rejoice not because we always feel like it, but we rejoice because of the faith we have in what God has already done. Worship's not simply a depiction of our feelings. It's a declaration of our faith. We worship our way into feeling like worshiping Him. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. So let me just say, if you go through that inventory, if you hold up the mirror of God's word and you don't see those changes in your life, then maybe you've never been reconciled. Maybe you've never been saved. And you need to look to Jesus in simple faith. In fact, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And maybe, maybe you've never understood that it's not about your religion. You could be Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, Episcopal, Lutheran, Assembly of God, non-denominational. It's not about these things we do in church like confirmation and catechism and communion and walking down aisles and lifting our hands. It's about a moment in my life where I've recognized that apart From me looking to Jesus, my life is hopeless and I'm separated from God. But because of Jesus, I can be reunited. If you've never taken that step, would you just bow your heads with me right now? All of us just bow our heads right where we are. You can cry out to God in your own words. But maybe you need some help. If you've never taken that step, maybe you'd just say this. Oh, Jesus, I need you. I want to be changed. I need to be changed. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I believe you died for me. (laughs) And I believe you're alive today, Jesus. So change me. Tell him, change me. Come into my life and take control. Here's your surrender. Say this. Say, I'm yours, Jesus. For the rest of my life, I'm yours. Father, I pray that across this room are those who hear these words today or one day. That your kingdom will be enlarged because of the prayers that have been prayed. And the lives that have been changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, here's what the Bible says. It says God's word never returns void without making an impact. 
So, so I believe that what we just did resulted in eternity being impacted. Would you just praise God for changed lives? Isn't it exciting that God changes lives? Well, God wants you to have a new point of view. God wants you to be a new person. But here's what I really want to focus on. God wants you to have a new purpose in life. That's really the heart of the question, isn't it? What does God want me to do? What am I here for? What is this all about? What difference does it make? And and here's what we learned in that passage in 2 Corinthians 5. God called you to ministry. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God's called you to ministry. And that's like a wake-up call in and of itself for some of you today. Because you're thinking, oh, we know the pastor is called to ministry. And we think the worship leader is called to ministry. And sure, missionaries are called to ministry. But I'm just a Christian. And yet what, what the Bible says is that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God has given you a ministry. Did you hear that? Every follower of Jesus Christ has been given the ministry of reconciliation. How's it going for you? How's the ministry? Are you doing what he wants you to do? Say, what is, what, first I've heard of this, what, what's the ministry of reconciliation? How in the world do I do that? Well, he he outlines that for those of us like me who are a little slower. He, He says, I want you to be my ambassadors. Did you hear that verse? You're ambassadors for Christ. Now, I grew up in a Baptist church, and we had an organization for boys. It was called Royal Ambassadors, the RAs, the Royal Ambassadors. And, and we even had our own theme song. We're Royal Ambassadors, Ambassadors. Yeah. You didn't have that organization, did you? So, what does that mean? Does that mean little kids wear like a Boy Scout uniform and sing songs? What does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? Well, just like their Bible dictionaries, we have the regular dictionary. So, I looked in Webster Dictionary. I said, what is an ambassador? And an ambassador is a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or to a sovereign as to the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. So because of our mission relationship, I've been to Paris many, many times. And and one of the walking tours that I'll do almost every time I'm in Paris takes me right by the United States Embassy. And anytime you go by any of our embassies, you're going to pass a United States Marine posting guard. Let's hear it for the Marines. You're going to see a United States Marine posting guard. and, And... And in that building, in that embassy, you've got a person who's been appointed by the President of the United States and confirmed by the Congress of the United States to represent the United States wherever they are, even though that's not their country. It's not a French citizen that's the ambassador from the U.S. to France. It's an American system. They're in a different country, but they're representing their home country. And it's just temporary because when the next president comes, guess what? They've probably got a friend that they want to be in that position. But while you're in that position, you had better represent well. Well, here's what the Bible says. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not in this world or you're in this world, but you're not of this world. This world is not your home. C.S. Lewis said, if you feel like you're homesick for another place, it's because God has not created you for here. He created you with eternity in your heart. And because of that, you're going home one day. But until that day, 
Somebody say, until that day. Until that day, we're ambassadors. We've got to represent. We've got a temporary assignment. But our assignment is to represent well the one who has sent us. To make a difference where we are for his glory. You and I are on a temporary assignment representing our sovereign God on this side of heaven. He wants us to be different because we're reconciled. So let me just wrap this up and tell you how that looks. Reconciliation should instruct our walk. I think I've tried to make that clear. We walk differently. We wonder why the church doesn't seem to be the salt and light in our culture. Could it be that many that claim to be a part of the church have never been reconciled? Because if we've been reconciled, we we walk differently. I'm not talking about our gait, our strut. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. You can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Talking about how we look. So again, we're, we're looking in the mirror, right? We're, we're seeing if we're all right to go outside. That's our task today. So um, at your workplace, are there some things that make you look differently than just everybody else because of your faith in Jesus? In, in the classroom, do you respond and, and treat people and act differently because of your relationship with Christ? In your neighborhood, do, do your neighbors see, hey, they're different. I, I don't, I'm not sure I understand them, but I like what I see in them. They're different. You see, reconciliation, it, it's got to instruct our walk. Because if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. But here's the big one. Reconciliation should inform our witness How's your witness? You know, what is a witness? A witness is anyone who can testify to what they've seen, heard, or experienced. And, and so when we talk about that in terms of our faith, what we're saying is, because I have experienced reconciliation, because I've experienced God's grace and forgiveness, because I've experienced the hope of heaven, what I say and do is different. So how do we do that? Well, Sometimes it's through our ministry, right? And so on Friday night over at our Six Mile campus, do you know that we had 70 people come into that old building and and they got a hot meal prepared by some ambassadors like you on your behalf. And they heard the gospel. 
But beyond that, did you know that another team of ambassadors like you, they went out and 250 homeless people were fed on the streets on Friday evening by you. But that's not it. There are about another 35 that are not homeless, but they're homebound. Their, their sickness or their situation keeps them in. And, and, and we took meals to their house. But, but not just that. There are another 250 to 300 meals that were sent out from our pantry because of a desire to minister in the name of Jesus. There are hundreds of students all across the elementary schools around us that are getting backpacks of school supplies. Because someone like you is being an ambassador. And I could go on and on. There are people in our church that have foster children in their home. Or they've adopted children because they see this ministry of reconciliation. What's your ministry of reconciliation? How are you living it out? But he says, not only do you have the ministry of reconciliation, you've got this message of reconciliation. There should be something that's coming off of your lips because you've been reconciled. You know, often and there's quoted a, a saying that says something like this, share the gospel and if necessary, use words. Let me just tell you something. It's necessary to share the hope of the gospel. How can I do that without saying you were, you were separated from God because of your sin. You had irreconcilable differences, but God loves you so much and he demonstrated his love that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Jesus died for you, and he wants you to have hope. He wants you to have help. He wants you to have heaven. I got to use my words to say that. So if you're reconciled, you've got to be sharing the message. How do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me just give you a half a dozen ways. Maybe you would stop by today and pick up one of these yellow bands. It's got Romans 1.16. This says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So if you wear this, just know what you're saying is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So don't wear it and be ashamed of the gospel. But it's got some symbols on here. It's got the symbol of a person. And it just reminds us that all people are separated from God. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all separated from God because of our sin. We all need him. Then it's got some scales, like the scales of justice. And that just reminds us that no matter how good we are, it's never going to tilt in our favor. Because just one sin separates us from God, and we're all sinners. Then it's got a crown, because it's in a moment like that that I need to realize there is a God who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he has the power to do whatever he wants. And so then I see the cross, and that cross reminds me that that God who is King of kings loves me so much that even though I'm still a sinner, Jesus Christ died for me. That's the hope. So I can share the message of the gospel just by wearing this yellow armband and people asking me what it is. I, I can share the hope of the gospel by taking one of these cards that's on your seat. It says, please enjoy this as an act of kindness. This is a simple way. It's got too good to be true on one side. And you can go through one of our fast food restaurants or a Starbucks or a Dunkin' and you can pay for the card behind you. And put, you can leave a good tip at lunch and leave this and just put in the gospel out there. But you can also pick up uh, one of these little cards. Or if you don't like the yellow band, pick up an armband that's got all the colors of the rainbow on it. And just walk through these and see how it talks about sin and death and love and faith and life. You, you don't like that? You're a little more old-fashioned? Pick up one of these tracks that says, uh, Do you know for certain that you have eternal life and that you'll go to heaven when you die? Very direct. A little booklet. And you can just read through and walk through. You don't like that? Everybody loves Billy Graham. Use Billy Graham's favorite track, Steps to Peace with God. 
and just talk about how everybody desires peace and how they can have peace. You need it more simple than that? Okay, well then pick up this one sheet of paper that just reminds you that you can think of the word Lord, and that word Lord reminds us that L is for love and O is for offenses. We all have offenses. It's called sin. And R is for remedy. We've got a remedy. That's Jesus. And D is for decision. We're not going to benefit from the remedy unless we make a decision to follow Jesus. Or then you can pick up this little book, and I've taught you how you can draw three circles on a napkin and tell somebody how they can find Jesus in a broken world. I'm just telling you, you don't have to have a theological education. Shoot. You don't have to have a Sunday school education to be a witness of the reconciliation that God has given you. So how you doing? Are you doing what he wants you to do? You know why there are empty seats in our church and churches all across Tampa and around our country? Because we've, we've gotten off mission. We've gotten more focused on celebrating who we are or our race or our preferences. We've gotten focused on politics and all the issues of today. And we've gotten off mission. We've got to get on mission. And we don't always feel like it. Monday morning, I got up earlier than the rooster gets up. And, and I was on an airplane and landed in Brooklyn, New, New York. I was with my friends, Pastor Zach, Pastor Andrew, and my friend, Pastor Mike. And we knew we needed to take an Uber to get into to Brooklyn. So I scheduled the Uber. We showed up. We realized our driver's name was Shake. And so I got in the back seat, and, and me and Pastor Andrew and Pastor Zach, we were packed in there like sardines in the back seat. And Pastor Mike got in the front. Well, we hadn't even gotten out of the garage. And Pastor Mike saying, Shake, where are you from? Shake had no idea what he was about to endure for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> he said, I'm from Pakistan. He said, great, Shake. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. How about your family? Do you have a family? And we just spent a few minutes getting to know him. And then he asked him about his faith. And he said, oh, no, I have a pure Muslim faith. I said, what do you mean by that? And he began to talk about his faith, and we began to understand that, that he really didn't mean that. He had a Muslim faith that he had studied, that he understood, and that was important to him. And Pastor Mike began to talk to him because he was in the front seat. We were just the sardines in the back seat. And, and so he was talking to him, and he was telling him about how we are Christians, and we follow after Jesus, and that Jesus did something we could never do. And he even asked Sheikh about, you know, how, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven? And of course, what Sheikh said is, no, nobody can know that. And we said, yeah, you can. But then what Sheikh didn't realize is I had the gospel Gatling gun next to me. <laughs> Pastor Zach. So he was talking about all this Muslim theology and Pastor Mike was doing the best he, he, he could. And I just tapped Zach on the shoulder and let him know that he was caught in from the bullpen. <laughs> and he leaned forward and he began to quote the Quran to shake and, and he began to tell him how our theology is different. And let me just tell you something. Shake didn't begin a relationship with Christ that day, but he heard the gospel. He heard the hope of reconciliation that's made possible through Jesus. And even though it was a weary Monday morning, we stayed on mission. Hey, here's what I want us to do. Let's pause right now and let's just pray for Shake that he would become a follower of Jesus. Father, in your name, we lift up shake to you. Lord, we don't know where he is. He could be driving in this moment. Lord, we pray that you would intervene in his life, that you would draw him to you, Jesus, that you would use dreams or visions or whatever means necessary to make him aware that you are the hope of heaven that he needs. Lord, thank you for that moment that we had in the car. 
Lord, we pray that you'd give him the peace of God today because he makes peace with you. And we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. My brothers left a little earlier than me, so I was getting in an Uber late Wednesday afternoon, leaving a couple of days of meetings, heading to another city in another state for another couple of days of meetings. And man, I was exhausted. I could hardly keep my eyes open. But as I sat down in the back seat of that Uber with Roberto, I um, I remembered Shake. <laughs> and so we got just a couple of blocks away from the hotel, and I said, "Hey, Roberto, right?" He said, "Yeah." I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Brazil. I said, oh, man, one of my best friends, his name's Eliel, is from Brazil. And I've been there. I said, what city are you from? He said, Rio. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of people from Rio. I said, I've been to Curitiba, and I've been to Iguazu Falls down in the south of Brazil. He said, yeah, those are great places. We talked a little bit about his family, figured out we had something in common. You know, he he has a... um, a child that's in their late 20s and one that's about 10 or 11. <laughs> I can relate to that. And so um, we talked and, and I said, hey, Roberto, are, are you a person of faith? He said, yeah, I, I really am. I said, who is your faith in? He said, my faith is in Jesus alone. Hallelujah. And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. And we talked a little more and I just confirmed that. You know, sometimes you're going to have somebody like Shake and they don't know the gospel and they may not respond. Sometimes you're going to be a witness and you figure out you've got another brother in Christ. But your job is to be that witness right where you are in your little corner of the world. How are you doing at your job? How are you meeting the expectations that God has for you? Well, reconciliation instructs our walk. Reconciliation informs our worship, but I want you to understand, our, our witness, but I want you to understand reconciliation should inspire our worship. And worship is so much more, it's so much more than what we do in an hour and a half on Sunday morning. Worship is who we are as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's, it's us looking to what God has done for us and letting what he has done for us just inspire us to praise his name. How, how can you look at the things God has done and not praise his name? I look out at some of you, some of the stories, and how he's helped in your marriage, how he, he's helped in your finances, how, how he's helped in your healing. I'm overwhelmed as I look today at my, my brother Rick Estes, who was deep in despair. And yet God brought him up out of the pit. He's given healing to his life. And today, what has he done? He's come together to worship That's what worship is. That's how he ends chapter 5. He talks about rejoicing in who the Lord is. Look at verse 11. Not only is this so, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now receive reconciliation. We rejoice not because we always feel like it, but we rejoice because of the faith we have in what God has already done. Worship's not simply a depiction of our feelings. It's a declaration of our faith. We worship our way into feeling like worshiping him. And we do that because he did what we could never do. You see this reconciliation that affects our walk, that affects our witness, that affects our worship. We have no hope of that without Jesus. We have no hope of reconciliation without that act of the Father who demonstrated his love and that while we were yet sinners, his son Jesus died.
I think of the love of the Father toward us. And I, I think of one of my favorite stories of all time. It's the story of Dick and Ricky Holt. Ricky was born with cerebral palsy. Actually, when he was born, the doctors advised his parents to put him in an institution. And they said no. In fact, Ricky grew up and he could communicate with his parents basically through a computer. And he, he came to the point, he told his dad he wanted to run a race. His dad thought to himself, Rick, Ricky can't ever run a race. But then he realized there was a way. And so Ricky ran a race. He completed the Hawaiian Triathlon in 1989, a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and a 26-mile marathon. That wears me out and makes me sweat just reading that. And he finished right there with his dad, who carried him all the way. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.